Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the video game and comic book store Level Up Entertainment get together with some friends each week and talk about, uh, discuss some topics that we're passionate about. This week we're going to be discussing the current state of Star Wars, uh, how we felt like Disney's been handling the franchise, our thoughts on some of the more recent media and uh, where it's going to go. And we're going to talk a little bit about the new season of Mandalorian, uh, which has had two episodes come out uh, as of this recording. Um, but as usual, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week, I've got Sean. Hello. I'm Sean. <laughs> would, you, would you like more? Should I, should I like, tell people who I am? Sure. Or, yeah, okay. I'm one of the owners of Level Up Entertainment, and uh, I like Star Wars. Uh, I wouldn't say I like, like Star Wars. Uh, not like I used to, but I still really like Star Wars. Yeah. And I've also got, uh, joining us for the first time this week, we got Leo. Hey, everybody. Uh, let's see, yeah, do the intro. Yeah, so I'm one of the first customers for Level Up Entertainment. And, yeah, VIP. I'm a fan of the, yeah, I'm a, like, I think August of the first year, so. Yeah, that's when we started. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and I'm a fan of the trilogy going back. To the end of the 70s, so I like, like. Yeah, you were just telling me that Star Wars was your very first movie you ever saw in theaters. Star Wars. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a new hope then. It was just Star Wars. Dude, I was calling it Star Wars when I was a kid, too. So, like, when did the new hope thing change over? Sean, you probably uh, know. Like the 97. Was it the re-releases? I think, no, I actually think it's the THX version that when they did the remaster on VHS might be the first time that they have the episode titles on it, but I would have to Google that. I'm going to Google okay. I'd never That's had the THX version VHS. Uh, that was the one that had like the uh, character portraits where it was like split down the middle and it was like uh, Darth yeah, Vader. Yeah, the half of the face, Storm right. Trooper I know what you mean. Yoda. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Stormtrooper Yoda and then Vader. Okay. Right. I had the oh, box yeah. trilogy one that with the fold out. <laughs> We're already off the rails. I love it. It happens. <laughs> um, so, point of this episode, we want to talk current Star Wars because uh, we're still getting Star Wars. Like I said, the top uh, Mandalorian season two just started, which we will get into spoiler discussion for that at the end of this uh, podcast. We'll let you know when we're getting into it then. Although I should point out, people had absolutely no chill about not spoiling Baby Yoda the first time around. Oh my mm. God, I knew about it before the episode was out. <laughs> I knew about it before that. I knew the show was released. <laughs> Um, but uh, so we'll just kind of give a quick feeling. To, we'll get the temperature of the group of how we feel about the new, the current batch of movies we got, and like where we are right now. Um, so I'll start with you, uh, Leo, since it's your first time on. Just let us know how you feel about the current state of Star Wars. Uh, you know, I'm. It's it's never going to be exactly what I want it to be, but I'm pretty happy with the movies overall. A couple things, you know, like I was telling you before we started the show, uh, the Vice Admiral Holdo bit really just annoys me. <laughs> and I thought, man, Admiral Ackbar was right there. Just yeah. let him do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get into the, some of our just thoughts on the episode specifically. Uh, you know, not episode. Well, episode slash, you know, movies or whatever you want to right. call Because we will talk about Rogue One and uh, Solo at some point, I'm sure. Um, Sean, how about you? How are you feeling about the star wars era we're in or the so, disney era we're in yeah it's i i've been 
maybe not surprisingly uh, talking about this quite a lot lately mm-hmm. because I think we're in this really interesting phase with Star Wars where we have some of the best experiences for Star Wars coming out right now. Like with the video games, uh, Fallen Order was great. Star Wars uh, Squadrons is phenomenal. Uh, there are some really good books coming out. There's some great comics that have been coming out over the last few years. Uh, the Mandalorian that we've mentioned, I think is phenomenal. And then I think the movies have been a mess at mm. best, right? Like I, I, you know, don't think they were worthy successor to the original trilogy or even the prequel trilogy. Uh, but there's so many other things going on with Star Wars right now that's really great. It's like a really good time to be a Star Wars fan, despite the fact that like the, the tentpole, in my opinion, movies just aren't really cutting it. Uh, but that's my that's my personal opinion. I could get into more about the movies, but I have a feeling we'll we'll get there. So. Oh yeah, that's going to be like the next thing because uh, <laughs> yeah. I my I echo a lot of what you're saying, Sean. Um, I did not care for the movies, and it's kind of weird to feel like the movies are kind of the like the least important part of the franchise now. Yeah, and I think part of that yeah. might also just be like how we consume media now. Like I love the Mandalorian, like surprisingly. Because uh, I was ready to just kind of like not care about it when it was first coming out. I remember um, because to you and like trying to convince you. You're like, ah, and I'm like, no, no, dude, trust me, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super glad I watched it now. Yeah. Um, um, but like, yeah, just uh, I, I went three movies in a row where I did not like them. First time's an accident, or first time, yeah, first time's an accident. Second time's a coincidence. Third time's a pattern, which is like, all right, we went zero for three. And I'm like, eh, I'm kind of done. Like, these just aren't for me. Um, so I didn't even see Solo or, like, Rise of Skywalker. Um, but again, we'll, we'll get into our thoughts of these uh, ones a little bit more specifically. But Really? Uh, yeah. Well, you didn't see them at all or you didn't see them in the theater? I haven't seen them yet. I mean, I've not oh, wow. shied away from spoilers because I've just... I Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, you know, like, I know we're going to get into it, but I would say, like, I think that they're all worth having watched at least once. Okay. Uh, for various reasons. And I would actually argue that, that Solo is probably one of the better of the Disney movies. I like Solo a lot. Yeah. You know, I, and think I think it's really... Howard has a good understanding of the universe and how to get from one end to the other. Right. Right. <laughs> I think it's fine. Like, surprisingly, it was the one I was, like, most anti going into. I was like, I'm ready for this this second. And then I saw it one. Uh, all right like maybe because we heard it was a hot mess like making it maybe yeah, maybe just lowered just, expectations but no i i don't think so and, and that's why like it, it i say it's it seems like it's setting the test of time it's like every time you go back to it it's not that bad you're like oh this is a fun movie as opposed to like you go back to let's say uh the force awakens and you're like oh right none of this pays off yeah <laughs> And it's less fun, oh, you guys. right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, after yeah. this, you know, we'll pull out back. Oh yeah, no, we'll. we'll I know. Yeah, we'll so, yeah well, I miss I miss throwing down with you in the store. Sorry, I, I miss like our arguments where we'd be like, ah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all out of love. Uh, you wouldn't be on the show because you know because we have the end friends. Squad. No, 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 no. You know, it's, it's, always it's a, not, it's, it's not, always it's not on the same level as political discourse in our country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always been like Star Wars matters, so we need to come together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, with that, like, I guess let's segment into our thoughts on the movie specifically. I mean, I guess let's just start at the beginning uh, with The Force Awakens. 
Um, what were you guys thinking about the buildup for that? And I, Sean and I were working together at the time. So I know that the, the buildup was quite intense for some of us. So yeah. uh, my wife and I yeah. drove to Pennsylvania to see the original trailer in the movie theater the night it premiered. We went to see Horrible Bosses 2 to watch the trailer. <laughs> To see 30 seconds, to see BB-8 go across the screen, go, what is that? <laughs> Horrible Bosses 2, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> was, was, it, was Horrible Bosses 2 worth seeing it? it you right. know, it's memorable, it was a good time. It's like, it's one of those movies you watch it once, you're like, yeah, I'm with you. Charlie Day's in it, and he's so, hysterical. So it wasn't horrible? <laughs> All right. Uh, it could have been worse. Okay. But... uh. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like people watching uh, Wing Commander to see the Phantom Menace trailer. I did that too. Yeah. I know <laughs> you did that too, right, Sean? Yeah, uh, I did. And that was back during the like uh, early days of QuickTime, where you could go to apple.com and download movie trailers. It <laughs> was one of the earliest ones you could get. Uh, and I did that. But we're not going to talk about the prequels. We're yeah. going to talk uh, about this one. But Wing Commander was so bad. <laughs> it's a very bad movie. Anyway. <laughs> well, speaking of bad movies, let's talk about The Force Awakens. Okay, so <laughs> I... You know, you know mine, uh, but for everybody else's sake, like I was on board, 100% on board for both Disney taking over the franchise, J.J. Uh, Abram, Abrams directing the first movie, uh, I thought that they were just going to knock it out of the parks. They seemed like they knew exactly what they needed to do to make it successful. And then the first trailer hit and it was just like, whew, you know, chills and pure emotion. Like it just, you, you couldn't be cynical about it. I didn't, th I felt like you couldn't be cynical about it at the time. You know, it, they showed it, us nothing though. And it's hit so hard. <laughs> I mean, like it was my, that shot, of the X-Wings flying low over the water that was wound up not actually being in the movie was my desktop background for like <laughs> up until last year. Like it was wow. like a good like five or six years of that because it was just such a cool shot and there was so much going on in it that I felt like they understood what it meant to, to make a, a modern Star Wars movie. And then it came out and I honestly really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was not a perfect movie, but I thought it was an incredibly enjoyable movie. And I couldn't wait to see where they were going with no, these characters. The, the I was best humbled. of the three, I would say. Well, I can argue that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I might argue that too. But um, but yeah. I, I was on board. I was hyped. I was not cynical. I was like ready. I was ready to fall in love with these characters. Um, I listened to the soundtrack uh, a billion times. You know, uh, I bought it on Blu-ray the second it was available. It's a good score. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, there was a lot I thought to like about that movie. So, like, yeah. the music I, I in the new movie doesn't get the credit. I see. I, I think, without going off on too much of a tangent, I do think that like the soundtracks are okay, uh, but that there's nothing that like winds up being as memorable as some of the stuff in The Force Awakens or like even in the prequels. But <laughs> you could do like a hey dog. You could do like a whole podcast on just that alone, but yeah, like suffice to say, like I was on board. I was excited. I was, no, I was Sean, defending it. You and I, and basically the rest of the store uh, went and saw Force Awakens together. Yeah. And we saw it in IMAX, in one of the early showings. I think I was the only person in the entire theater that came out and was just like, eh, like I was just lukewarm. <laughs> like everyone was like crying and freaking out. And I was like, I, 
It was felt great. It was an exciting new Star Wars that didn't feel insulting at the time. It didn't feel insulting. <laughs> I, I, like, and I remember, I remember at the time being really frustrated because I couldn't articulate why I didn't connect with it the way a lot of people did. And it took me like a day or two of thinking about it. I was like, it just was, it was just too rehashy for me. And well, nostalgia hits hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Was, you know, and I was a huge, I was a huge Star Wars kid. Like, I was so hyped for Phantom Menace. Like, I, I was too young to just go see Wing Commander, like, and make special trips like that. <laughs> and I watched that trailer over and over again. Like, that's the that's what I've always said. The worst thing that Phantom Menace ever did is like it took away that like hype for a new Star Wars movie like away from me. That's the best like, trailer. That first trailer. Yeah, it is honestly a work of art if you go back i still watch that trailer sometimes i need a pick me up let me watch episode one trailer. i'll be like i want to see that movie that movie yeah. looks great and i'll be like ah, yeah anyway <laughs> yeah but i yeah it took me a couple of days and i felt really like just talking to people I'm like i don't know why i didn't like it as much but now i now that i've had some time i, I realize why because like it's the new movie that had the jj abrams thing where i didn't really get to know enough about the new characters and there was a lot of them Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, he just—I don't think he does a very good job of like letting you connect to characters, especially ones that don't have like a pre-existing thing. Like you could kind of get away with it with the Star Trek reboot, because like you already kind of know who like Kirk and Spock and those guys yeah, are. You're so, leaning on that. But we always said the, the the new Star Trek movies were what Star Wars, but under a different name. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was I was giving them the benefit of the doubt for that because I've I've not been a J.J. Abrams fan for a long time like pre star wars um we know how i felt feel about some of his star trek decisions um yeah <laughs> but um i know i didn't I, like felicity i didn't like felicity and lost fell apart and i think his movies always have it's the mystery box gimmick it has a really interesting premise but like no payoff and i think the new <laughs> movies show that in spades um uh, but i yeah, like just just to bounce off of that a little bit, yeah. like he, you know, I I was, I always thought that uh, Abrams was really good at starting stories. Like, uh, I did love Lost at the time, like until it ended, and I I don't think I hate it, but I do feel like dissatisfied with the way that it played out. And I I think yeah. the problem is, and again, he didn't really have much to do with like the later seasons. But the problem is he does set up these mystery boxes like you referenced. The idea behind a mystery box is that like it's something that's intriguing. It's a box. You want to know what's inside of it. Like you can't know. You want to open it. It's It could be anything. What's yeah. in the box? You know? Yeah. Uh, and then the problem is that rarely is the answer to what's in the box satisfying unless it's at the end of a certain movie, which I don't want to spoil. But oh. <laughs> like if you if you set that up, you better make sure that your payoff is going to, to hold up to whatever anticipation that you're setting up. And, and he doesn't have any consideration for that when he's building these mysteries. They're exciting and they're like enthralling. He, he's really great at having these, these characters feel alive and then feel like there's a sense of urgency to all of the scenes. And so you take a, a moment to think about like, well, why are they doing that? And what are they doing this for? And then what's going to happen when they do it and then all of a sudden like it, it just falls apart yeah, and all of a sudden it's like over and, and yeah, there's like no story yeah. and the pacing of force awakens it all takes part place in like a day yeah 
It's a short amount of time. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, and, immediately, immediately, Ray knows how to fly, fly a, a ship, even though she's never left the planet. It happens in Millennium Falcon. They escape two TIE fighters by flying through a thing like they do in every movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go off, and all of a sudden, Han Solo and Chewbacca are just there. And then all of a sudden, more dudes that were chasing Han Solo are there. And then all of a sudden, they're on the planet with Maz Kanata, like yeah. where they needed to go. And, like, I know hyperspace is a thing. So faster than light travel, like having, but like you think about to a new hope and like how much downtime there was between Tatooine and Alderaan. Yeah. yeah. We got to yeah. like learn about our characters a little bit and slow We're down. Between Hoth and Bespin. We're yeah. still arguing. How the long Hoth was that? Movie, you know? I think that one of the, the most damning things, uh, comparisons that you can make is what you just said, Scott, yeah. for the newer movies is to watch The Force Awakens or uh, Rise of Skywalker and then watch A New Hope. And realize, like, there are extended scenes where there is not a lot happening. There's some dialogue. There are people talking. That's yeah. it. There's like no action. There, but but in those moments, you start to realize who these people are and why they're on this quest and why it matters to them. And it like and it gives you a, a chance to feel connected to this world, so that when the action ramps back up you are worried for the characters and you're on board where in the newer movies you're bouncing around so much those moments of downtime are like maybe 30 seconds and you're on to something else and you never get a chance to catch your breath and like feel connected to anything that's happening yeah i that's a big problem i have with jj abrams stuff in general it's just it's it's you spend no time with characters it's just here's the thing here's the next thing here's the next thing here's the next thing and it's just like, you know, on a visceral, immediate level, that can be exciting. But when it's like, it's like, but it's all surface. Like there's no like food for thought. Like your brain, my, for me, like what I enjoy about stories is a lot more of that character stuff. Like just talking about that scene where they're, you know, going from Tatooine to, to Alderaan, you know, some of the most memorable stuff in the movies from that, that's the, the hollow chess yeah. game, you know, let the wiki win. Uh, you got, uh, Han Solo talking about he doesn't believe in the force, no, you know, mystical forces like guiding his, you know, sending his luck or anything. Got Luke sort of training, like you get a little feel like how some of that stuff works. Yep. Well, oh, like, Obi Wan gives you the exposition dump of yeah. what the force is there, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you yeah. get a lot, and it's important. And the same thing, there are similar scenes in the other movies too. You know, like where they're fixing the Falcon after Hoth or. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some other examples, but there, like, there are moments when you're spending time, like, letting the characters breathe and letting the audience mm-hmm. just soak in what's happening. You know, and the VSB where Luke's putting his hand back together, and it's just a yeah. very quiet scene. And <laughs> just, even just the yeah. thing, playing with his fingers, you know, real quick, yeah. just to test it out. Like, but like I was just gonna say, like, a good example for it from Empire Strikes Back, I would say, is like at least the beginning of Dagobah stuff before Yoda's review. Yeah, Yoda. Yoda. You know, when yeah. they're just kind of camping. Um, oh, I love those scenes. They're hilarious. If you watch them, like you try to d- divorce yourself from everything you know about Star Wars, like Yoda is being such a little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a dick. I love it. I just love how like he's just like messing with the flashlight. Like, just okay. even even R2D2 gets a lot of characterization in that scene where like Yoda's stealing his hot dog and like he's trying to like fight him off. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I, I don't know. I I that's part of what makes, you know, the magic of Yoda, you know, when he first appeared me, he's like this little imp guy. That is a problem I had in Force Awakens that we pushed R2 aside to like make BB-8 the focus. 
Why did they decide that we need we couldn't have both? I don't know. Because <laughs> if R2 is there, you don't care about the other droid. Like, yeah, but R2, yeah, I know that that was so frustrating in these movies, like where they were throwing nostalgia at us, you know, to, to convince us to like it. And they kept R2 away from us for so long. You're like, but he's, it's R2, just if you're going to pander, just give us R2-D2. Yeah, it was a lot of creepy, though. Yeah. I think they're trying <laughs> to have their cake and eat it, too, with a lot of that. I will say I do like I think Revio gets some of his best scenes. Like I don't oh, yeah. think they're they, they're worth a lot of weight, but I do think in uh, in the newer movies there's some really great Revio stuff that the Babu exists. Best scene for that movie. <laughs> if yeah. that cracks me up every time, I do like that one a lot. Yeah. And I like Dio. I like Dio as like the little abused droid. I'm like, oh my god, I feel for well, that we get, thing. We get another like cute concept. droid companion to sell. You know, now you can buy it. Here, build your own droid at our Disney parks. Can I tell uh, you just real quick, a, yeah. a quick aside while we, we mentioned Dio, uh, as a parent with a, a son who loves Star Wars, he has at least one Dio toy, and that is the worst design for a toy <laughs> for kids ever. It is impossible to make it stand up because it's just a wheel, it's a single wheel. You can't go. <laughs> Why do they do that to us? Give them two wheels. I. <laughs> He's like, make him stand up. And I'm like, I literally can't. <laughs> it's like trying to balance a coin on its side. But, you know, even though, let's get back to Force Awakens a little bit. Even though I wasn't super hot on it, I was like, you know what? It's the beginning of a trilogy. A bunch of stuff is set up. Well, the way movies are now, like, this isn't like the original trilogy. We kind of tell, like, uh, the first movie kind of have to tell the whole story because you don't know if you're getting sequels. They know they're getting sequels. You know, maybe they have a good play to go. Um, so I was still like optimistic for uh, whatever the yeah, next yeah, episode was. Sure. Um, eight. Um, so I, I don't know how did you guys feel about the post, the immediate post Force Awakens like landscape. Um, Poe Dameron really annoys me <laughs> from the jump. <laughs> yeah, me too. He's making. I I felt it was very like that Marvel-esque humor. I'm like, that doesn't really And now I'm like, work. okay, the guy who doesn't want to do a big effects-driven movie is going to go be Moon Knight. <laughs> oh, is that official now? Uh, you know, it probably is. Every time we talk about something, it happens. I mean, he was already Apocalypse. Yeah. I think he I think he is signed on to be Moon Knight, uh, yeah. last I heard. But I, I first of all, you better not be talking shit on Oscar Isaac, Leo, because Oscar Isaac is a legend. <laughs> that man. No, I'm just saying, as a physically, as a physical presence on screen, um, I don't know. Scott can kick his ass like up and down. Have you seen? Have you seen Ex Machina, Leo? Ex I saw Ex Machina. I was just like, no. I was like, oh I was not. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Do you or not? Seriously, he's he's so intense in that movie. Like I and remember the first time I saw him, it was in uh, what was that movie? The really bad one with the girls where they're having the fantasies. Uh, oh, uh, oh my God, the uh, Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, and it looks so oh, cool. And I was like, oh, Sucker this punch. sucks so bad. Sucker punch. Well, yeah. Zack Snyder, dude. I remember you coming into the store after you saw Sucker Punch and <laughs> telling me how much it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hated that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Yeah, Oscar yeah. Isaac sucking. Oscar Isaac does not suck. First of all, uh, <laughs> Ex Machina is an amazing movie, and 
Poe Dameron had so much potential. They he had potential. Had, yeah. They clearly had no idea what to do with him. Uh, I like, honestly, he had, he had no role in the story after the opening because just blow him out of space. <laughs> because he was originally in the script, he was supposed to die. Yeah, I or think another one should've... of those. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Scott, I, go ahead. I think I think he should have died in that crash, just like I think Han Solo shouldn't have died. Empire Strikes Back, or shouldn't should have survived that. Right. He kind of had nothing to do in uh, Jedi. Right. You can tell when stories and characters are altered uh, because they realize they want more of like the fans like it and they want to extend their, their story because they always feel like they're just hanging around. Like, I want more like, Max Wancito. <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed I to want... get his own like solo movie, like explaining how he got to his, that hut with those plans. <laughs> Was that the original plan for him? No, but like I was like, oh my god, Maximum Tito's in Star Wars. That's awesome. I eventually got to see fantasy sci-fi names that you're like, thank you, and not he's dead in the first scene. Yeah. So like that's that's he's a great example of a character that feels designed to make us want to read the novelization of his backstory, right? Whereas like in the original Star Wars movies, there were all these things that were there to make the universe feel lived in. And all of that, like, filling in the gap didn't happen until much later, right? Like, that was something that was, over the intervening decades, we decided that we needed to know what happened to Boba Fett before yeah. he got to Jabba's palace, right? Like, we needed to know everything like that. So, in the original, you're like, what's that droid? Cool, I want to know its backstory, even though none exists. And yet, in this one it feels like they're fully aware of the fact that when they create a character, they're going to be able to spin it off into a novel and a comic book and an action figure. And like, it's like, you can see the, the storyboarding and like the brainstorming sessions, like where they're, they're, they're on a whiteboard and they're just like, Oh yeah. yeah. And Max Mancino, we're going to give him uh, something else. He's going to get his own spinoff here on Disney plus. He gets nothing. (laughs) Yeah. he, he, uh, He gets nothing, but like, I felt like that was a little too obvious in retrospect. Like at the time, I thought it felt like they were building that like lived in universe that the original Star Wars had. But now that the fact that like it, we have the three movies and like they clearly didn't have a story, you can see that yeah. this, a lot of this stuff was just throwing things at a wall. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Let's see this because. And I was talking with Scott before you jumped on about the the novelizations. What got us from Return of the Jedi to where we are now the chuck wendig novels and they are as they're worse than the movies because this is a guy who never read a star wars novel he wants to explain everything as it happens and every person we meet so you got to go back 10 pages what the hell were we doing right i've heard that like you'll see like i feel like that's another great example i feel like those books are written to like generate content on the internet because you'll constantly see those articles pop up that are like the new star wars novel reveals what ray was doing when something something she forgot to brush her teeth and like you know you'd click through to find out like how it fixes plot hole <laughs> and then like you realize what the hell is the novel doing explaining all this stuff like it wasn't important anyway Why yeah, we no, it's like papering over like holes in the walls like real slapdash yeah it, it, it was it was just as slapdash as the movie if not worse well you guys you guys read the marvel comic lead up to it um was it called was it called shattered empire it was oh like, yeah yeah it'll yeah, take yeah, place yeah. in the media yeah. aftermath of, of jedi 
And it was like Luke Skywalker is getting some sort of force tree with some other rebel characters. And I was like, oh, maybe they're like the parents of one of the new characters because we didn't know who they were at the time. Like none of that had anything to do with any of the movies or something. Nope. I thought they were supposed to be Poe's parents. But like it doesn't matter that they no, were. No, and it, and if we talk about it anyway. again, it's like it yeah. happened and that's it. Well, in the third movie, then you know, in Rise of Skywalker, Poe has that throwaway line about being a, a spice smuggler, not the son of two resistance fighters. Yeah, like it's dumb. Oh, <laughs> it really didn't take any time to like. I, listen, I don't need my space wizard movies to be particularly deep. Like, like let me let me set the oh, table course, here. Yeah. And say that, like, I fully acknowledge how silly Star Wars can be, and I actually embrace the silliness. But, like, if you don't, if you're going to write a story and you're not going to take the time to be consistent within your own framework, you know, you're not going to make sure that you go back and you're referencing the things that you set up and paying that off and, like, building a character story. First of all, why are there three movies? You don't do three movies because you need a new trilogy. You do three movies because your story spans three movies, right? Mm -hmm. And, and when it was so clearly like, well, we do a trilogy because Star Wars does trilogies because the, the first trilogy, there was three movies and then there was a prequel trilogy. So now this is a sequel trilogy. They didn't have anything to fill out three whole movies. And it was so clear. So even going back to like the fun parts for me aren't as fun because it just feels like an exercise in making money. Well, they had so much they could have gone off in this direction, that direction, this direction. So much. And we abandoned it. Creative gold mine. I'm not, I'm not even salty about all that, but at the same time, you're right. Adapt any of those novels, and you have a more compelling story. Any of them. <laughs> like the courtship of Princess Leia, where that weird guy shows up and like wants to marry Princess Leia, and Han Solo gets jealous. Do you remember this, Leia? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the new cut, yeah. <laughs> Some prince guy. Anyway, like any of these. <laughs> Yeah, but a bit more interesting. So let's move on to what um, I think is fair to say is the most dis- divisive Star Wars movie, uh, Last Jedi. What did you guys think of that one? I think it's the only worthwhile movie of the three. I think it's um, I'm really, I'm really okay with the Last Jedi. I, I have the really, yeah, Vice Admiral Holdo. That's it. Like, <laughs> I, I have similar feelings to Last Jedi that I do to Return of the Jedi. It has like a lot of stuff I like and a lot of stuff I don't. In Return of the Jedi, the stuff I like outweighs the things I don't. In Last Jedi, the stuff I don't like outweighs the things I do. And that's kind of how I like to look at it. But it seems to be a lot of like... When I first watched Last Jedi, I kind of loved it as an experience watching it. I think cinematic, like the cinematography in it is by far the most visually interesting of any of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like, kind of liked up to a point, the subversion of your, of, uh, of expectations. And I like the idea of like, Hey, maybe the way we do things in Star Wars, like, isn't the greatest, but I think I'm, this might be a little bit of a special case for me because the circumstances of where I work, I have to hear everyone's unsolicited Star Wars theories for two years leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Snoke was nothing. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy about that. Um, I do think they went a little too far with that stuff. I kind of like what they did with Luke to an extent. I don't like where it ended. I would have liked to see him be more of a a more of an active force in the, the the movie after rather than just 
expending all the, his remaining Jedi MP and, you know, <laughs> yeah, man. fading out. Yeah. He became one with the Force, man. Like, that's yeah, why I, I would have preferred that he came back for real and, like, his whole thing was, like, re-inspiring a new generation around him. Right. It's I mean, all with the follow-up, right? Yeah, and, it's the follow-up, the yeah. There was no follow-up. They yeah, pretended exactly. like it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, for me, I... I really genuinely loved uh, The Last Jedi. I do think it's a flawed movie. I think it's especially flawed considering that, like, again, there's no follow-up to anything that's set up in it in the, the subsequent movie. But it was the first Star Wars movie to try something genuinely new since the prequels. And and like it or not, like I do think the prequels were trying to do something that wasn't just more Star Wars. Like it was another story in Star Wars in that universe and and the last jedi it was like well okay we've seen all these star wars stories what happens if we like kind of like took a you know turn the camera around a little bit and and looked at the other side of it like what are we doing what are these characters actually doing like if you stop to think about it for a minute what does it mean to be a resistance fighter uh or like um the the casino scene I thought was kind of a mess, but like introduced an uh, an idea that I wanted to see more of in Star Wars of this idea that there's there's a whole galaxy that's constantly in this like tug of war between some kind of fascistic uh, empire and uh, like a rebellion of some kind. And right? we never look at it. Yeah, exactly. and like there's people making money off of it, both of both sides selling arms and stuff like. I thought that was a really interesting concept. Like this was a movie in Star Wars that was trying to do something new in the same universe. And for that alone, I, I was really grateful for it. And I, I think it holds up. Like it definitely has problems. It goes on way too long. That movie's yeah. over. And then there's like a whole 40 minutes left. And you're like, yeah. it's no. still a cool scene, but I was done. Like, yeah. Oh, when I said it, I said at the time, the movie should have ended when Kylo Ren held out his hand and it held on it, it should just cut to credits. Like, we Could don't know if they're going to up. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, amazing. Because like, oh. he was making some good points and like, Ray was kind of agreeing with him. I was like, oh, I this love that. interesting. Yeah. It was fascinating. And then he's just like, I'm full bad guy. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I liked him fighting Luke. You know, I was like, it's just thematically. But that I was, was like, cool. at that point, I was just so spent, like, because yeah. we just had a climax to a movie. That whole and Ray is just gone in the third act. Like, where does she yeah. go? Like, the Bloody Falcon is just like out there doing it whatever. Just shows back up. Yeah. <laughs> that whole yeah. sequence reminds me of uh, the end of the Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's uh, second Batman film, where it's like a phenomenal film, and you get to the point where the Joker is taken out of the picture, and then they switch over to Harvey Dent and his turn to Two-Face. And, and it's like, wait a minute. I thought we were done. The Joker <laughs> got beat. I thought this would be like the seed for the sequel. And then it keeps going. And it's like a half hour later. And you're like, oh my God, there's another ending. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get out of this movie? But, you, you know, it's so good. You just wish it was cut differently, right? You know, like exactly, you said, Scott, yeah. that would be amazing to cut Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms I don't want to really <laughs> tell you my appear my yeah, opinion no. on Chris Nolan with that bit. Uh, I mean, uh, to stick to Last Jedi, I think uh, Last Jedi's biggest problems stem from 
what was set, not what's set up in the Force Awakens, but the foundation of the Force Awakens. There are just too many characters. They're, they they yeah. all try to give them all something to do. So like like Finn like has nothing, and the idea of a reformed stormtrooper like trying to work against his former like allies is really interesting. I think it would have yeah. been really neat if he was maybe more motivated by like freeing or redeeming other people because like they're they set up that they're like basically enslaved and brainwashed oh absolutely they 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 lay it out that they are kidnapped i wish they had played off a more like that he was a coward if that was more of a recurring theme in the (laughs) yeah or or something like yeah well i thought you know they did bring that up a bit leo in in uh you know the last jedi where he's like sort of running away to just save ray they it's did, but then it's just like, all right, I'm done with this. Let's go do this other thing with the space right. horses. Right. They didn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. They don't follow up with any of that. Uh, this isn't my uh, phrasing. I, I forget where I read it, but somebody said that, uh, like, the biggest sin of uh, Rise of Skywalker is that, um, you know, Ryan Johnson did, like, a yes end, and, uh, you know, it, like, as an improv. You know, yeah. where he set up okay. a scenario and uh, you're supposed to throw it off to the next person who's supposed to carry on what they set up and that J.J. Uh, Abrams just ignored it, you know, and, and wrote a different movie. Because it was it, it was like there was so much set up to go off in different directions and questions to answer. Like, what about those Jedi texts that Ray has? Like, what does that really mean? You know, that she saved that in the face of that message of throwing away the past like Mm -hmm. there could have been something really powerful in this idea of you know i choose my own destiny and i want to reference the past but that doesn't mean i'm bound to it right oh yeah i i love the idea of ray being a nobody and because she was a character that was so defined by family and her past and like her realizing that that's not important like and kind of embracing her new destiny would have been so great and like a great message and the power of found family and then, yes. oh, she's just, oh, no, her family and her past is more important than you even could possibly have conceived. So it, super important, you guys. In a way that completely robs the victory uh, from the original trilogy, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just, I, in a way that's I, completely inorganic. I, I, I have seen The Rise of Skywalker, I'll admit, probably four times now. Uh, but I think I'm done with that one because... I, I've given it like the first time I watched it, I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I'm frustrated because the pacing is insane and like clearly nothing's sticking, but like there's a, there's a lot of fun things happening. But then every subsequent viewing, I was like, this is just insulting. Like it is lazy, weird filmmaking where they're that, just like, how that do we first hour is just Ugh. insane? It's like Ugh. we go from here to here to here to here to here to here. Like nothing sticks until we get to Han Solo coming back. Yeah, yeah. That's like the first big moment in the movie. It's brutal, and it, and like there's all these neat things to look at, but it doesn't matter. And the the fact that like at the end of the trilogy, that you can't really sufficiently. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll throw it out there to you guys. Can either of you tell me what the point of the trilogy was thematically? Like. If, to, as an example, if the original trilogy is about the redemption of Darth Vader, what is the new trilogy about? 
<laughs> uh, trying um, to break into China's box office. <laughs> um, Don't put the black guy on your poster. <laughs> yeah, just minimize his role. Which is um, interesting because, you know, Force Awakens was beat by Ip Man 4 starring oh, Donnie yeah. Yen. And then they got Donnie Yen to be in Rogue One. Yeah, that's right. They did. <laughs> and I know, like, this will make us a China. And I know he was really oh. concerned that he was just being used as a marketing tool to get for China for Chinese audiences. Because he's like, I want to have a real developed character. I'm going to do my own stunts. He does like two things and gets killed. Oh, uh, hang on, guys. I got to mute myself. My kid's still awake. Be uh, right back. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, thematically, I couldn't. I, I have nothing other than like. It's a cynical cash grab kind of thing, but like actually looking at the text of the the films, I couldn't tell you. Maybe like, des like everything cyclical and really like yeah, that's really, always getting the cycle of evil. Like a really cynical thing, like nothing you ever do matters. It's always just going to be the same struggle over and over every generation. But I can't imagine that that's the kind of that Disney wants such a downbeat ending, but less significant because we've already done this. Yeah. It's just so unsatisfying and hollow. Um, yeah, I can't imagine that's what they're going for, but that's kind of what I could get from it. Why not? Nihilist Disney. It's nihilism Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. I like a good nihilistic story and I like Star Wars, but I don't think they necessarily like it's not peanut butter and uh, chocolate necessarily. No, no, no. But I did like, you know, since Sean's not here, um, the emo Kylo Ren Twitter account. That appeared after yeah. Force Awakens. Uh, Kylo Ren. really brought some brevity into the, the situation. <laughs> I guess. I guess when uh, when Sean has to unmute, uh, we'll go back. We'll we'll talk about some of the new characters. I guess a little bit because uh, it's a a mixed bag. I think. Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, thematically, yeah, you can say the original trilogy is about redemption. Yeah. Just if you're looking broad strokes over three movies, because. You break down the individual movies, there's more specific stuff. Right. Um, and you know, the, the, the first six movies is about a father's redemption through his kids. Yeah, it's about, and then, you know, the, the, the prequel trilogy is like about like a fall from grace. In theory, it's more like about how like uh, deals and stuff can be corrupted. It's like the Citizen Kane story. Yeah. Um, but like was not told well enough to convey that, uh, in my opinion. I don't know. I th like it, the pre like prequels get a lot of flack, but I was like, you know, it really resonated with me oh, at the, the time. The, the prequel stories, I like the idea of, of the prequels, I think is great. Um, I just don't think they were t told particularly compellingly. Yeah, um, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think, there's, I think there's good ideas in it. And there's good ideas in the new movies, too. I know we're kind of kind of poo-pooing poo -poo them a little them. bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I said, there's stuff in Last Jedi specifically I thought was interesting, but... But, you know, the theme, like, since we're still kind of in The Last Jedi, but, you know, yeah. the theme of that movie is just resiliency. It's just, like, we're never going to give up. And, like, and don't necessarily, like, you know, like your past hold you back. Yeah, or define you. Or define you, yeah. Yeah. Because it's interesting um, how both Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker have very different memories of the same event. That right. kind of led down to Kylo Ren, you know, going down the dark side. Yeah. Um, and, and I, think, I really, really yeah. like Luke's characterization in The Last Jedi. So do I. All what we expect. And I know that people were really like upset about Luke being like cut off from the Force and just kind of wanting to die. Like, 
I think maybe if we showed saw a little bit more, and again, this is kind of end up writing the stories for him, but like they could have tied a little bit more into like maybe Snoke was like one of his Jedi like teachers and like they were building something up, but he like subverted it out from underneath and like just showed that like Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, can't do everything. But that's one of the things he said, but like, I thought I could do it because I'm Luke Skywalker. Right. I did uh, call legend. that though. I, I said, I, but like, watch Snoke is nothing. Snoke is like a yeah. puppet. <laughs> I'm cool. With, I'm, I was super cool with that. Um, yeah. But like, I, I like the idea of like Luke's legacy and his, again, his, his past kind of like he couldn't live up to the people's perception of Luke Skywalker. Right. And, and there's also similar a to his dad. Yeah. And there's a meta commentary to that for the movies too, where it's like they couldn't, they were never going to be able to live up to the legendary status that we, the fans would have put on, put on the franchise and the new movies could never have lived up to. Um, so at a certain point, like why try? And then I like the idea then like, Hey, people are still out there fighting. Like there's still value, even if you don't in your legend or, you know, your story, even if you don't feel that there is, because I love the idea of like Luke coming back and then like doing some sort of heroic thing and like re-inspiring the rebellion. Again. Right. Cause you know, like every, like they're, you know, they reach out and nobody's coming to help them. And Cause then, it is you know, that all inspiring are, scene where he yeah. walks through and you're just like, and everyone's like, Oh my God, is that Luke Skywalker? Yeah. And then, like, at the end, like, the kids are, like, hearing the story of it, and they're playing, like, the, you know, and they're essentially getting re-inspired to get back out into the world. I love the idea of that. And then, obviously, they didn't follow up on it. Although, to be fair, I think that might have been a good message for the end of the trilogy, like, end on a really hopeful note. But you could have right. done it with the second movie, and then, like, kind of follow up on that with the third. So, I think, ultimately, it was a really nihilistic thing we came up with. <laughs> for thematically for the new trilogy where yeah. like no matter what you do everything's going to keep happening again and it's going to be this like multi-generational like fight yeah no i agree with that i yeah. do i do it feels uh, like uh, sisyphean you know yeah and, I don't and think if that's, that's disney's disney's that. intent that's really dark yeah. destiny <laughs> will grind you into a paste yeah. <laughs> why bother having your own identity um, <laughs> but you know uh so I guess unless you guys have any other, any other stones to turn with Last Jedi, uh, we can move on to Rise of Skywalker and just talk about the trilogy and the characters ultimately as a whole. I just want to say about The Last Jedi before we move on that um, I, I did really appreciate what they did with Luke um, because I think that the idea of exploring a hero after they're done being heroic is really fascinating we don't really do a lot of that, right? Like yeah. once in a while you get that with like Batman Beyond, right? And it winds up being really cool. Or like yeah. uh, these- Yeah, these, you're late. Like, we talked about that before you were here. Ah! <laughs> well, well, just, just, that just, just means to, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, yeah, just to go back to, you know, to expound upon that a little bit then. Narratively, that might've been the most interesting we could have done with the character of Luke Skywalker, given, given the time period, the time change in real life, that has passed since we last got to see Luke. Exactly. Um, if this had been made 20 years ago, okay, maybe we could talk about having him be a little more heroic. But yeah. right. he's older. It's yeah, okay. Exactly. I, I think being, I, I love the idea of like Luke not being able to live up to his own legacy. Like, and right. I thought I could do it because I was Luke effing Skywalker. He, right. he didn't want to become what his father became. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he just yeah. chose not to play. Yeah, took so many interesting things with that. Yeah, and uh, again, they don't 
follow up on it. He kind of goes back on that as a force ghost. But so, so let's segue that into what we thought about Rise of Skywalker. I know we talked about it a bunch already. Uh, yeah. So know, it, it has some moments. Yeah. It has some moments. I'll give you that. Like, you know, you had some real feels in that movie. You were just like, damn. Wedge Antilles, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love those Leo swerves. <laughs> but like, uh, no. so, yes. God, Scott. Now, since we're at the end of the trilogy, more or less, um, what do you guys ultimately think of the new characters we got? Like, like Kylo Ren's potentially the most interesting one of the bunch. And I'm, yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings on him. I, I think that I like all... that he does a silent performance after the scene seeing Han Solo the, the second time. I, yeah. I noticed that too, that he does not get a line. He goes, oh, like, and that's he, it. <laughs> yeah. It is the oh my god. Anyway, uh I, I actually do I thought he had a tremendous amount of potential. Uh you know, again with the the last Jedi, like I thought the chemistry between him and Ray was legit. Like they mm. seem to have that like you know, younger people like won't they won't they kind of thing. Right. You know? Yeah, connected, like finding that little spark despite themselves. And I thought that played really well. Uh, I thought there was a lot of interesting things to go, you know, to explore with a character who felt betrayed by his family, uh, you know, and conflicted with that power and styled by destiny, but then chooses to like embrace it, uh, but like in like the worst way possible. But also, you know? but also, you know, was completely manipulated the whole time. Ah, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, like it's yeah, it's none of that, you know. He it's none of his agency. It's not that he's a bad guy. It's just that there was a bad guy making him do bad. Yeah, he just right. heard the wrong things. He's he's redeemable uh, after all. Yeah, and that that was my biggest problem is that okay, we're going to turn him good at the end. I was like, come on. Yeah, I just let him commit. <laughs> I thought I thought he had committed, and I think that he had as a character. If they were being honest, you know, mm-hmm. if they were letting that character play out. I think he had crossed that line and that if he had turned, it would be like Vader's redemption where it's at the last second. You know, it's the last bit of your life energy given to the, the act of redeeming yourself. But that's not what happens. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just stupid. He does stupid things. He yeah. shows up and he gets into a fight and he wins because you can fax lightsabers with the force. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm willing to let things go with that. But then he gets literally, like, he shows up to the last fight and they don't know what to do with him. So they push him in a hole. Yeah. They just shove the character in a hole. And until the scene is over, then he climbs back out of the hole. They, that's and it. Right. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's all they could think to do with this guy. Like, that's not a redemption. That's not a big not, dramatic turn. It's not even interesting. It's not even interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you would have expected if like Kevin Smith was making Star Wars. Oh, oh. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> well, there'd have been a lot of there'd have been a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And I loved uh, it. <laughs> but um uh, Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren talking about pussy. Yeah, I was gonna say Kylo Ren is so much more disappointing. Just also just by the sheer virtue he's played by Adam Driver, like who is trying real hard. I think. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's he's bringing it as best he can. 
he it is was tough like, after watching yeah. him in girls and like seeing full frontal. And I'm yeah. like, this is, this is, this is the, the major bad guy in the universe now. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. He, he's got some real acting chops and like, I think he does better than the material kind of allows for a lot of it. Totally. Um, uh, God, I see him in a movie where he's allowed to just be an actor like Marriage Story or something. I'm like, man, the potential for such a great layered character oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah, there. Yeah. Not that, again, we need Star Wars to be like super, super deep. But again, right, but, I think yeah. like the last movie hampers him. Like yeah, anything him substantial is just cut off at the knees. Yeah. It's like they were they were really afraid to commit to anything that might make the character unpalatable, right? You know, yeah. like what? Obviously, kids love the design and the lightsaber, uh, and and like they had a legitimate hit on their hands in terms of like this new character, but yeah. they were afraid of doing anything truly bad with them, and then somehow, you know, not being able to sell the Kylo Ren saber at Disney World because. You know, because he murders somebody that everybody loves That's or something. Yes, you had Hayden Christensen kill like a whole school of kids. Right. And I don't agree with that scene, but I do agree. I do like that uh, Lucas is willing to, like, in retrospect, go back and, like, really do something gross with his character. Like, make his character do something irredeemable. I and, think they something, <laughs> and they sell toys. And they still sell the toys. And exactly. Darth Vader's no, still Leo. the most popular character. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, I, it is BS. They, but there, I, I feel like, and I don't know. This is me. Just I'm, I'm a, a nothing guy from South Jersey talking about plot. It just seems to where I'm sitting. It like that was part of their fear. They, they, they didn't want to put the characters in any truly uncomfortable, questionable situations. Because but maybe that's just Disney. Exactly, that's Disney. Right. Yeah. And yet, and yet they produce legitimately incredible movies through Pixar and even their own animation studios. Or that like really engage people on an emotional level. Yeah. Like, and and say what you will about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think those are good movies. I think they're well constructed with characters that we can latch onto and and care about. I just don't think they they did that in Star Wars, and I don't know what was holding them back so so much. Yeah, I don't know if maybe it's because they spent so much money on it. They wanted. They were afraid to not play it safe. Right. I'm not sure. You know they're. There's, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of studio notes at every step of the way for any of these things. So like, I get that I, impression too. Yeah, and I would love like it'll never happen, but um, I've I've talked about this many times before. But the uh, the making of Star Wars series of books are legitimately incredible reads if you haven't done so. It's like the making of Star Wars Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi by uh, Jay Rinsler is the name of the author. Okay. And I mean, I have them behind me, but they're, they're, they're incredible because they really fully document the entire process of creating those movies. Like from George Lucas's early notes to uh, like after post-production and like marketing the film to VHS home releases kind of thing. Like it's comprehensive okay. and it's laid out and it's fascinating. I want that for these movies because I want to know what happened. I re- I'm dying. The story to behind know. The st- yeah, the story behind these is going to be way more interesting. Way, way more interesting than the movies themselves. Like I, yeah. I want to know what, how they made a trilogy without a path, like without a three movie arc. Because like the original movie, you're going to be like, okay, Lucas's fight with the studio, yeah. the whole way. Right. 
But yeah. like just just the just the post Marvel Cinematic Universe world, like how do you not have a cinematic universe planned? You know, like it's the first and the easiest thing to do. It's what every nerd does when they talk about Star Wars. It's like map out all the things they they want to do, or like how the characters would react, and like what they want them to see, like that I refuse to believe that they didn't have any of those conversations. And that's why I want to know what happened. Like what there had to have been a plan. Right. And if there wasn't why? a plan, why wasn't there a plan? Why is this movie really all jammed in and rushed like the way it is? Right. Like that story to me is just, I want that story. And I don't know if we'll ever get it. Uh, Jay Rinsler. Uh, I, I don't quote me on this because my, my memory is fuzzy, but I believe he had some kind of falling out with Lucasfilm uh, or maybe Disney. I know that he didn't do any of the m- more recent movie behind the scenes. Like I have the making of uh, The Last Jedi and it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book, but it's, a, you know, it's your standard making of a movie. It's a lot of production shots. It's, right. you know, a couple interviews, but it's nothing substantial. It's no- It's a puff piece. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I remember, yeah. I remember you telling me a lot, especially about the Return of the Jedi one, like all of the warts and all stuff that happens in it. Like all it's the a, fighting, creative decisions behind the scenes and stuff. Oh, oh it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story, especially with uh, you know uh, Richard Marquand, the uh, director, uh, and and the fact that he was like completely unequipped, like to yeah. do that movie at that time, comes through in a lot of the stories. But it's never like none of those books are told in like a salacious way, like they're trying to blame anything or stir up drama, like a reality show. It's just and it's it's never his movie, right? Yeah, yeah, but like so. these books are not, yeah, these books they just tell you what happened and I, I and I want that for this movie. If we ever get so. it. Yeah, I would be fascinated in that and uh, like getting like a hearts of darkness kind of thing or um <laughs> the one the one movie that I can't remember what it's called, but like that making of that terrible Dr. Moreau movie, the story behind it is insane and so much more compelling than that movie ever was going to be. Um sometimes that stuff's really interesting. And like as you know, film fans and, and fans of this kinds of stuff in general, like I even if it's not always 100% glowing, not, and I'm not saying like doing it in a salacious way, but like just stating this matter of fact, like, hey, right. these were the conversations we had. Like, yeah. this is why we yeah, ultimately right. got yeah. this creative decision, you know? Um, yeah, I, I mean, think of the red letter media videos uh, that yeah. included the clips of Lucas and uh, Richard. Uh, oh, geez. Oh, Rick Berman. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. The other guys, no. Um, Oh, There's geez. another Rick. Rick Berman's the Star Trek guy. Anyway, I can't. I'm I know what you're talking about. But yeah, where they're like the behind the scenes about, stuff. Yeah, where yeah, like where they're when like, they cut those in, you're like, whoa. So they were paying. Yeah. They were saying something about what was happening. That they were like, aware of this in some way. Like, I and you want to know more. Like, what happened there too? Yeah, they uh, may have gone too far in a few places. Stuff like right, that. That's that one exactly. I know you and I have quoted the. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be great with Steven Spielberg thing over and over when they're talking. I love, about that's one of my favorite things with you, Scott. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's also insane that like Lucas had that footage and put it out there. Like that's not something Disney will ever do. I will say one thing about Lucas. Like I, w- I have gone through a real uh, journey with my relationship, like my fake relationship with George Lucas as a fan. Yeah. Like from from like putting him up on a pedestal to thinking like being completely uh, uh, disillusioned with him to like coming around and thinking like he just trying to make the movies he wanted to make, and I really appreciate yeah. that. I think he was kind of a victim of circumstance. 
Oh yeah, totally. With for, that for, from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think some ego fell into it. I think, I think he had a great idea for the, for prequel, the prequel trilogy. I think he was not the right guy to do it. And I think he was too close to it to, uh, to realize that, that maybe he should hand that off to another d- director yeah. or writer. And I can't fault him for any of that anymore. Like I used to say, like he should have known to step away because he's famously known for saying that he doesn't really like to direct. Like he's complained yeah. about it before. Right. And he's uh, a terrible actor director. And like that's something that's been known even before the prequels. Uh, yeah, and say whatever you all, else you will about him. Like I do think he is that this he does possess a certain level of genius uh, for oh yeah, like creating he the whole universe that we're talking about. And I, I, so I don't fault him for, for like wanting to keep it close and like be the one to direct it anymore. Cause I think of, um, but this is something I've gotten into like the older I get is that I've become more and more interested in the authors and less about the franchises. So I, there's so, another, um, a director that I love, Hideaki Anno, uh, who created the Evangelion series. Oh, okay. He did the most recent Japanese Godzilla movie, Shin, right, right. Uh, Shin Godzilla. And, uh that's a guy who keeps coming back to something you know like he's compared to george lucas as like the japanese george lucas because he was huge over there and he he's come back to it numerous times but what he's done with it as he returns to it is fascinating because it's like him going back and deconstructing his own works and like going back through and redoing things maybe a little bit differently but it, it's all unapologetically him so like whether you like it or not it's someone putting their work out there. And like, I think that is Lucas, right? I think Lucas is someone who continues to, no matter what, just put out what he wants, regardless of what other people say. And you can't say he hasn't been good to the fans. I'm like, he's given us stuff. He's helped the independent filmmakers make fan films. Mm -hmm. He's given them sound effects and the scrawl and everything else and like create. He let people make books and write stories about it and not go after them legally. Like, uh, fan fiction in you know the U.S. is technically not legal, but he's they don't go after them. No, they don't do and that. it's the number one fan fiction. Yeah, he's he. Yes. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like he and he's probably suffered some like pretty heinous hate mail and like oh, comments. People were brute. Like you guys ever watched that uh, British show Spaced? Yeah, you know, Simon Pegg. So like, there's that whole episode that takes place after Phantom Menace came out. Right. He's like screaming at kids that like like Jar Jar Binks. He's like yeah. doing all of his Star Wars stuff. That's like the least probably that he's ever seen for this because I'm right. sure. Uh, listen, I love geek culture. I love being a part of it. But like, we can be very unapol like we can be very scorched earth as yeah. a group. Maybe not us yeah. individually, but uh, when. No, I was the one yeah. guy that stuck up for the prequels. <laughs> I liked them at the time. And then as I rewatched them, you know, when they started coming out in VHS and DVD, I was like, oh, these are kind of not that great. And then when I saw the third one, I was just like, ah, whatever, it was fine. and moved on with my life. But like to me, the luster of Star Wars had worn off me after the end of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of didn't really come back because the Disney movies kind of felt a little corporate-y. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't feel like there's like a, of like it's not like jj abrams is like hey here's my trilogy and i'm like you know talking about being the right. author right yeah. you know you don't get that sense of authorship like that there's somebody who cares yeah. a lot about a story and they want to get it out the door it yeah. is it does feel like something someone has been hired to do and it's i wonder story. what it would have been like if he didn't hand off to ryan johnson for the second film 
Yeah. And like, I, you know, me too, honestly. Like, if it had been his all the way through, like, maybe he did have something he wanted to say. Right. Uh, Would it be a more cohesive story? Maybe. <laughs> but we don't know. And we won't, we won't know. And I think that's a shame. Uh, Scott, you mentioned something about the prequels. And I don't want to, like, take it off in that direction too much. But, like, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, I have come around on those, like, quite a bit. I do think they're, like, incredibly flawed movies. But I was a hater for an extremely long time. You know, like where I would like just you know I would rant about this. Oh, movies. I've like, I've also softened on them too. And I have I like I recently rewatched uh, episode one, and you know it is not. How many times is that now, Sean? Dude, who knows? Nine <laughs> in the theaters, Leo. During the <laughs> theatrical run. I, I mean, uh, I have but, a bold statement. I think episode one's my favorite of the prequels. It, it might be mine too. I was going to yeah. say that because yeah. like there's so much going on in that movie that feels really ambitious, even now, like going right. back to it. And I, and I actually yeah. can't, I can't fault it for its flaws as much as I used to be able to. And the it's score perfect. for that one alone. Oh, yes. I always really said Duel of the Fates is the best thing the prequels did. It might be yeah. one of the best Star Wars soundtracks. It is so, so good. I yeah. recently, like after watching the movie, I went back and listened to the score and it's like he, John Williams has... Uh, pieces in that that barely get played in the movie that are absolutely stunning. Like his Anakin theme almost gets no use, and it is really, really good. Uh, anyway, no Oscar nomination for that score. Uh, it's a crime. It's a crime. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, but like, I, I just, it's, I'm willing to forgive things more for their ambition in, you know, like in my, my later years. Uh, yeah. But, uh, than I was before. And I just think that the lack of ambition in some of these movies is... And it had a story that went mm-hmm. through the three films. It yeah. did. It was yeah. it was clumsily told. And real quick, shockingly pres- uh, that was not the word, uh, like uh, timely, now. Like if you go back and watch the stuff that's going on with the Senate in that movie, you're like, I thought yeah. this was like really oh, broad and yeah. stupid at the time. And it turns out... Political that's exactly- intrigue, man, is just... This is how yeah. democracy dies with Thor, yeah. thunderous applause or whatever. Shockingly yeah. accurate. Don't think I don't think anyway. I've been thinking about that. Um, Shockingly accurate. Anyway, back yeah. to the the newer stuff. Uh, yeah. Robot chicken, and then I threw the Senate at him. <laughs> yeah, the Senate. You know. No, I mean, and the very least, like Palpatine is so great in those movies. He's so campy. He's oh, just evil, and he's just that's he's so about it. And like, I was kind of hoping for maybe a little bit of that. I'm like, listen, it's dumb he's coming back. But maybe, you know, again, maybe he'll throw another government body at somebody. Um, <laughs> this time it's the House of Congress. Yeah, so it's the Capitol building, you know. Um, <laughs> Judicial. <laughs> no, they can't because they blew up the Capitol building and yeah. freaking Force Awakens. <laughs> On a planet I don't even know the name of. Halcyon Prime. But I'm sorry. Anyway. But, I'm saying, job, like, it's, <laughs> but it's such a pointless thing in the movie when it happens. Like, they're like, oh, my God, they blew up these plants. I'm like, I don't know who was on them. So, good seg right here, because yeah. Hosnian Prime came up most recently in the, the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, yes. uh, which is why yes. that name was at the top of my head. They mentioned the Hosnian Prime system. I just watched it. I didn't pick. I didn't notice that. I think, all right, so let's segue a little bit to the best thing Disney's done, in my opinion. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I haven't watched the cartoons I haven't played all the games. I haven't gone to. You the haven't read the books. You haven't read the comics. Yeah. Oh no, I've read. I've read the comics. Um, 
the comic, the Marvel comics are good, especially the Darth Vader one. Yes, Kieran Galen yeah, made it was, was great. Um, <laughs> my problem with the comics is the problem I just have with prequels and like midquels and stuff in general is like the major stuff of quant. There's not going to be anything super major of consequence, right? Just by virtue yeah. of like the characters have to get to you know point B. So. Um, on that note, Scott, actually, uh, I've been I've read the first volume of the Marvel Star Wars series, the graphic novel, uh, over and the, over the, again. The post one, the post uh, uh, Hope or Empire. It's in the post A New Hope one. Okay, because now they're With, on now they're post uh, Empire Strikes Back now. Right, but like when they first brought it back, and they're like Marvel's doing it, and anyway. Uh, because and I, I had to go up. buy 70 covers of the yeah. same yes. comic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody made you do that, Leo, but thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome. But, so uh, my son has the first volume of that, and he loves it. Like We read it quite a bit. And I have to say that I remember at the time uh, that it came out, uh, I was just reading it for myself and had the exact same reaction, Scott. It was like, oh. They're just filling in the minutes. Like, I don't need this. It feels weird. It makes it feel like these these people's lives are just like a J.J. Abrams film, nonstop action. Like, they're constantly yeah. bouncing around from fateful encounter to fateful encounter. But uh, in reading it with them, like, they nail the tone of Star Wars and the voice of the characters in such a, like, a, a, like it's it's a pretty impressive way. Like I'll read it in their voices, you know, Yeah. like I'll do oh, the Harrison. And, and, and I want to like, say that, and I'm, I'm not just going about to say this because we have a comic book store and I want to sell you these. So you should buy them, but they, they are good. Like they're not, they're not bad. No, it's just, they're, they're inconsequential. They're yeah. They're, they're, just, they're in, enjoyable, but they're throwaway, but they're not insulting. I honestly think yeah. they're like perfectly fine entertainment. Oh if yeah. You're they're not great. Looking it's, for a, a deep investment. It's just for me, comics, like, I, I don't know. Did you help. see that Knights of the Old Republic book I put up last week? Thousand bucks. Whoa! The Dark Horse one? Yeah. Because oh it's God. the first Darth Revan. Yeah. yeah. You had that? Of course I you got had two that. of them. Yeah. Oh my God, Leo. I got one from you guys, so thanks. So I was about to say, well, so, so for listeners at home, though, Leo is one of the people that got every Star Wars comic that came out for years from us. Yeah, <laughs> part of the reason I wanted to bring you in for uh, a Star Wars conversation, but uh, I, I know I've you know known you for a long time, and I've known you're a big fan, so you'd have opinions on this stuff. Oh my um, god! But yeah, but I will say the Darth Vader book—it's a lot more like introspective. Like, there's a lot more quiet character stuff. Like yeah. the issue where he finds out because he hires Boba Fett because, of course, he does uh, to find out who was the guy who, who was the pilot to that blew up the first Death Star. He finds out some kid named Skywalker and then he finds out the Emperor had been lying to him. And he's just quietly there for a couple of pages and then just the windows in whatever ship he's in just crack because yep. of his anger, just the force, like it, it pushes him. Um, it was really powerful. Yeah. It is. It's, it's one of those instances where they're using the medium, medium of comics really effectively, which it's so hard to have those moments because you're just scanning a page. But no, yeah. that one has weight to it. It's a great yeah. moment. Yeah, and no, I love and, and, when he yeah. goes back to the beginning of like Darth Vader being Darth Vader, and they mm-hmm. show like they have the shoot the initial story where he's going down hunt Jedi that are still out there, and he finds the one guy who was like the sword master trained all the Jedi, and he just kicked Darth Vader's ass and just like, no, nah, you're not the guy in charge of this. There's somebody behind you. I'm gonna go kill him now, mm-hmm. and just the the Moby Dick aspect of it where. Vader has this hate building that 
this guy made like turn me into a punk and I am going to go and make his life hell. Yeah. And he does, like six issues later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that like, no, yeah. The Darth Vader books in particular like they all they're all they're all good. But the Darth Vader book series in particular, I haven't read all of them because they've done a couple of different ones where like the the original series ran alongside the Star Wars comic at the time, like they even crossed over a little bit, where they took place immediately after the original, you know, New Hope movie. Um, then they did another Darth Vader series where it like took place between the prequels and the, the, the original trilogy. And now they're doing it. The current one again, takes place with the new, the new, the current Star Wars book, but we're now post empire strikes back. I do like that. They didn't try to just tell the story of empire again. They just kind of like started back over with a new number one. It's just, you know, now that now they're after it. Um, which is going to be interesting. I wonder how long that's going to go since like we don't have access to like Han Solo and like certain other characters. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I am interested to see the fallout of, you know, Luke Skywalker coming to terms with this monster is actually my father. Like he'd been kind of growing up, like idealizing his father a little bit. It's like, you know, as a Jedi, like my father before me, I know he yeah. knows the Star Theater at that time, but. But you know, it's Marvel comics. So we'll just, we'll forget all of that. And we'll just go back to number one and start over. Eventually, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> now, now, Leo. <laughs> but you know, I'm how many times are we gonna kill Uncle Ben? You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but I am curious, like, if if once they catch up to Jedi, you know, they go post Jedi, like, how long are they gonna go? Like, because there could be a lot of material between the original trilogy and the sequels. You know, well, the original series went two years after Jedi. Yeah. So, but you know, and then they had like Dark Horse comics for millions of years so yeah yeah for basically the rest of time until marvel started doing them again um but yeah, no, the bad yeah. for the dark horse guys because they made some great books i mean yeah. marvel's still keeping in print they're just you know as the the legends yeah. collections so like they're still they're still available if you want to read interesting them. though son of danthamir the darth maul series is the only dark horse series that's canon is it really yeah that's oh, I guess that makes sense. Sense. Because they pulled yeah. it into one of the cartoons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because Maul is obviously, you know. Like, <coughs> but they didn't rewrite it. They're like, no, this is good. We're going to just, yeah. So they just adapted it, which is yeah, fine. Cool. Um, yeah. And their Knights of the Old Republic series was really good. Anyway, we don't want to get too far off track. But the, the, Marvel, <laughs> the Marvel comics are worth reading. And then they have like, you know, a good kids comics that they, they publish via IDW. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Adventures, where they're more like kind of like one issue stories. Um, I really love the art on him, like because you get a lot of like Derek Charmer and other people, and like his style. So it's a little bit more cartoony, but like everyone's still distinctly who they are supposed to be. Um, and they're cute. Like, I wish like you yeah. know like Mike Allred did like a Star Wars comic, other than droids. I mean, Mike Allred's work, the way he works, like he would never be able to keep up with the demand for Star Wars comics. Yeah. But just that campy style, I would love that. Yeah. And like, I think that's part of why I like uh, Phantom Menace is I really like it's kind of campy and cheesy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to go toward, gravitates toward that stuff. Um, but like Sean, you mentioned some of the video games that have come out. I haven't had a chance to play Squadron yet. Uh, um, how, how does it compare to like TIE Fighter and X-Wing? It's it really is cut from the same cloth. Like okay. you did a great job uh, honoring like that the DNA of that series. It feels very much like an extension of it. Like you get the briefings uh, where you know they go over what the mission's going to be and they talk about the ships they anticipate. 
having and the formation that they're going to be in and like what their objectives are and obviously as you go into the missions like things will change and they'll become like there's bonus objectives the original games were like that too you know where mm -hmm. you'd like you'd have to like scan a cargo container and then like uh, that was your mission, but then like rebel ships would show up, and you, you know you had to fight them. Uh, and if you were able to like successfully defeat them, that was like a bonus objective. So it's very much like that. Uh, the game is phenomenally gorgeous. Uh, I haven't tried it in VR yet, although I do have a headset, and it's just like a matter of like it's like a whole thing, like a production yeah, yeah, yeah. set everything okay. up. I didn't so, get like, to play that yet. So. It's it's very enjoyable, and uh, you know. It's just it's it's just a fun game on top of it. You know, the, the story is actually pretty cool. The, okay. the characters are all really well voice acted and animated. Like, say what you will about EA, like their Frostbite engine and the the, the uh, tech that the games are built off are like phenomenal. Like they look incredible. The like the lighting on their faces, like even on lower settings, is just really good. Um, mm. So I think also it's only a forty dollar game, which is really cool. Uh, they didn't launch it at full price, so I think no, it's totally cool. worth nice. uh, the price of admission. Well, that was the whole thing. Like I looked at it and I was like, oh, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot in that game. It's a surprisingly robust single player okay. mode. Uh, there's a multiplayer mode that I have not gotten yeah. into at all because I barely have time. Yeah, to that's play like a, that's like a takeaway for me because like I think the last Battlefronts where it's all it's all um, online. Yeah, I'm I just like. And I expected it to be built like that too. I expected an EA style game where it was built around the multiplayer model and, you know, where they monetize skins and DLC. And it was all about like, uh, you know, buying loot boxes and uh, yeah, doing like, like weekly ranked matches and stuff, but it's not at all. Like the, okay. you can play just a single player and I would say that you get $40 worth of entertainment. Okay. But anyway, good. that so, was what, that was talking about Fallen Order. Well, yeah. Fallen Order, I think Fallen Order is great too. Fallen Order is frequently on sale too, so if you haven't played yeah. it yet, uh, keep your eyes peeled because like you can get that game for twenty bucks or less, and it's a steal at that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a good 50, 60 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a long, it's a long game. There's a lot of content in it. Uh, I, I think the I platinum the game. Good. So, did you? Yeah, first nice. game I ever wanted to platinum. Wow. Yeah. What difficulty level did you play it on? Uh, no, I played it. I played it at the the default normal setting. Okay. So it was pretty, you know, That's like a not challenge. the movie style setting. Like, so it, early on, I was getting myself beat. Wow. I went to Danthamir, and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to go there first. Me too. Me too. Got oh the my double god. Lightsaber and <laughs> Me too. I yeah. almost quit the game. <laughs> I was like, this game sucks. I beat Dark Souls, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at video games. Why is this so hard? Yeah. I missed out on both of those so far. You have to parry. <laughs> I, specific, I mean, I didn't get the Battlefront games. Um, I, A, didn't really have consoles for them. And B, when the first one came out, it was really kind of bare bones. And I was like, eh. I went oh, over man, our that game pissed me off. I went over our friend Harry's yeah. house and just played his copy for a little bit, like on each map. And I was like, I think I got what I needed out of this. That's it. And yeah. you keep getting booted yeah. early on. The servers kept crashing. Oh, it was such a miserable experience. And then <laughs> Battlefront 2 came out and it had all of those loot box issues or you had to grind. And like I would not double down. I was like, later. I'm not yeah. buying this game. Yeah. Yep. I skipped it too. That game I was told on my sale. wife, don't get it for me. <laughs> that game was on sale for like uh, half price within a month of its launch. I remember going into like a Walmart and seeing uh, just stacks and stacks of it, Battlefront 2, because like people were just not 
Got yeah, burned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but, I felt so let down after the original Battlefront series. I love those games so much. Anyway, <laughs> but that's what Still made Fallen Order such a joy. Was that it was a Star Wars game that seemed to genuinely want to be a good game. Yeah. And it was a sleeper hit. I don't think anyone had expectation for it. Well, I, I think it like I would I would disagree that it was a sleeper hit just because it was the first narrative Star Wars game in I think over ten years. Oh no, there was uh, there was hype in the people coming in and asking us about it in the lead up to it. Yeah. And but I know I like no DLC. I was like, yeah. come on. That's a bummer, I have to admit. Yeah. yeah. But they're doing but they're the talking part two, so yeah. yeah they're doing yeah, the I think um was it John, who picked it as his game of the year at the store when it came out, someone did. Oh, yeah. Go on our website and look it up. It's there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my game of the year it. for last year because it's the only game I bought last year. Yeah. <laughs> that, so, yeah. That was current. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that was last year. Oh, my God. Everything. Yeah. Time seems to go extremely fast and take a millennia at the same time. Yeah, it's this year, 2020 has been gnarly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this week was the longest year of my life. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you know, let's let's move on from some of the extended media. Unless there's like you guys watched any of the cartoons or? Uh, yeah, like I I've seen um, the pilot for Rebels and like the first few episodes a, a couple times as I've attempted to get each of my kids into it. Uh, and my son loves Star Wars, but he's terrified of everything. So uh, we don't really get to watch Star Wars with him, but he loves toys and really? books. Uh, he's seen most of the movies. He's named uh, after I, it. I know. <laughs> uh, and he adores, he adores everything Star Wars. We have lightsaber fights constantly, but he's afraid of movies and TV shows. He's, he's just a nervous kid. The world's a scary yeah. place. Okay. I don't blame him. Yeah, but, I, I get uh, it. But like, so I've seen it a few times and it's actually on my list of like things to watch all the way through. Um, excuse me, but everything that uh, I've seen of it is great. It's just, a, it's a really delightful show. Uh, Dave Filoni is the writer um, and showrunner for that. And he's, he's affiliated with the, the new Mandalorian show. Mm -hmm. uh, he also did Clone Wars, which I've seen, I think I've seen the first two seasons of that. And I, I have, that's another one that's like, I have to make time for it because there's so many and the new season came out recently to finish it. But they're the one thing that they both have in common is that they they're respectful of the star Wars universe without being uh, shackled by it, which is kind of what I was trying to get to earlier talking about the newer movies where uh, they understand what makes star Wars, star Wars, but they're not afraid to tell new stories in that framework as opposed mm -hmm. to like, constantly going back to the same characters or the same like dilemma or like being on a being afraid to like actually have a consequence for an action because you know has you want to sell toys uh and i you know i think you see that in the mandalorian um and why that show has the appeal that it does is because it feels like things matter yeah. uh, and those cartoons definitely feel like they feel like they're oh, yeah. even though they're kids cartoons like i was invested through rebels yeah, just, just going to the because I know you didn't get that far, but the end, of the, the, the end of the Obi Wan Darth Maul arc, and I was just like, you know, that's a heavy episode. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't watched them, um, not entirely out of lack of interest, but like I don't watch a lot of TV. But now that they're on Disney Plus, I really don't have an excuse other than I just there's other, there's so much media to consume. 
and you know there's so many other things that i want to experience besides the, besides just star wars um except for the mandalorian i make time for that now um which speaking of uh so i know in the lead up to mandalorian i was kind of like eh, they're just kind of banking on like boba fett and i don't know i i was not in love with the disney era of star wars media so i was like kind of going off on that but like and then everyone freaked out because there was a baby yoda in it, and that's all i knew about for a long time but one of the one of the <laughs> series ended i forget who it was one of the customers in the store was like shocked that both greg and i didn't do it because i also wasn't going to buy another streaming service i um, was offering you mine at that point i was like yeah. here's my login just someone just gonna watch it right yeah <laughs> someone someone um well someone burned it on dvd for us uh oh, so that's nice of them so i i watched it i watched it all in one sitting as like basically a like a so I watched this like one like three hour movie and um, it was amazing. Uh, I called it the man with no name in Cub because it's very much, at least the first season was yeah, very, very much a pacing, Cub. Yeah. Was a pacing of, of, of a classic Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western with like a good, the bad and the ugly where there's an overarching story, but there's still like little adventures in it. Yeah. And I like that it's, it's lower general stakes, but not low stakes for the characters that are in it. Right. right. You know? And right. I love it's a smaller story. It's and not I, the it's not the fate of the galaxy. Yeah, there, a planet's not going to blow up if Mando doesn't, you know. But this kid's going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or yeah. the Empire's going to get some weird experiment with it, whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, oh, I also freaking love Werner Herzog. Might be uh, the best. Casting. Oh yeah. Yeah, she, he's not back in the next. Yeah. Um, I so he has he has a line uh, in season one that uh, I, I repeat often, like, uh, come let us share a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's so no way he didn't ad-lib that, right? Like, yeah. did they write that, or did he show up on set and just started talking like we're a hurt song? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because... Like, like, just keep rolling. <laughs> John Favreau makes some interesting script decisions. Well, and Favreau's kind of, kind of the opposite of a George Lucas, where he's very, is a very much an actor-director. Like half of Iron Man is ad libbed, but like it's so natural and likable that you right. kind of don't care. That the story in that it's so movie weird. Is, like, I keep forgetting he's really happy. Basic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's happy. Hogan, yeah, like, he's still he's in happy. this stuff. Yeah, now he's a Spider-Man character. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I just love the pacing and the tone, like because it, it really is just like a western, more or less. Even though like not all the planets are on a desert planet. It um, reminds me of like Planet of the Apes, the series from when I was a kid. Like it lasted one season, but that's what it reminds me of. It's like, okay, it's destroyed building, desert, destroyed building. <laughs> but, like, but like, you know, all right, so talk about season one a little bit. There is, a, there is a bit of an overarching story, but not every episode immediately pushes that narrative forward. Cause like there's one episode where like Mando's is on the run because he's got this, you know, he's got the, a baby Yoda character that the empire wants for nefarious reasons. And, for some reason, he's more or less adopted him at this point. But then he's like, I need to hide out on, like, you know, this, like, remote backwater. Turns out, like, a bunch of bandits stole an ATST. And, like, how do you fight that as a normal person? And, like, legitimately made it scary. Even though, like, we know it can just be beaten by logs hitting it. Right. You know? But, like, it was a, that's one of my favorite episodes of it. Uh, but, you know, that introduces us to Cara Dune, who comes back for the finale and is, like, now going to, guess, be one of a supporting character in the show, which is cool. I hope she's um, right. there forever. I love the bottle episode where it's just like a, a prison break gone sideways. 
but you can tell like they had like one hallway and they just kind of keep reusing it um but like you don't care because you like the characters and it's interesting what's happening in it but it it forces like it, it actually goes back to something that i used to rant about at the store about how when you watch the original movies so many of those shots are things like that. They're clearly on a small set. They're in a cockpit with people on the other side, like shaking it because right. they didn't have a lot of other resources. So they had to tell stories about these characters because that's what they had. Exactly. They had people. They had people and they had sets. And the, most of the shots in, in the original and A New Hope are like characters. They're yeah. just like the cameras yeah. on them talking to each other. And, and because the cockpit for 10 minutes. Right, yeah. because this and then we is, want to collect all these baseball cards. We're gonna go up them. and to the yeah. left <laughs> because yeah. this is a, a TV show. They have those slightly more limited resources, even though they, like the effects on it are, right. are shockingly good. But they're reusing stuff, and you see but that. They, yeah, but but it's that that economy of like having to like work within smaller resources that I think forces it to tell a more intimate story that is inherently more interesting. Than those big fate of the galaxy stories, and, and, it's, and it's amazing that you know Mando is as interesting a character as he is, because he barely talks. Yeah. You can't see his face at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's that uh, there's a term for it. I can't remember what it's called, but like, where like if you don't, you kind of project like your own emotions on something that is emotionless. Hmm. Um, and he kind of has a lot of that, but like it's just like little things that he does as, as he as you know as he holds himself and. and works his way through situations um but like it's just really compelling like the the and the effects in it are so good yeah i would say are kind of better than some of the new movies well it's because they're they're not trying to they're not trying to do something that is going to be inherently difficult to swallow as a like a viewer right like exactly watching something so crazy outside of like your perspective like there's still grounded effects like in the most recent episode no, second, uh, the first episode of the second season, uh, you know, when they're fighting the spoilers, by the way. All right, so we'll, we'll go spoilers from here on out. We're going to also talk about season spoilers. two. Spoilers, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're fighting the Krayt Dragon, and, you know, like, it's, it's a big sandworm. Yeah. The effects are good, but there's that shot where they blow it up, and it just soaked, like, visceral and blah, And, like, yeah. you know, it's not... And that costs money. It <laughs> costs money. It was an expensive shot for sure, but there's right. still not a lot going on other than that explosion. And, but it's still like, you're there, you're in that moment. It's exciting. Like it's, it's gross. It's cool. And it's believable. Right. Yeah. You're not I love the Tuscan Raiders and I'm glad they are incorporated into the story. And but like the, like the aliens and, and the animatronics are really good in it. Like that John Leguizamo alien that uh, at the, at the boxing ring. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even know it was him. Yeah, yeah I didn't, didn't know it was either. him until the credits. I was like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> Same thing. Like, I was like, <laughs> but like he looks great. The 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 child looks great. You know, because uh, you can tell he's just all, he, you know, he's basically a gremlin. He's just all, you know. And I love how they work the child. He's so yeah. detailed and yeah, yeah. There, everything expresses, even if it's not necessarily a person's face. Like like you said, Scott, the body language on the Mandalorian is he's he does whoever is in the suit because i know it's like sometimes it's on double once in a while it's uh pedro pascal yeah uh, my my, my understanding actor. is it's mostly a stunt actor that's what i've heard too but like they're like you mentioned his little movements like there's there are scenes when like he'll get knocked down and he'll like get up and just like you know and yeah. like he's this guy under a helmet and he's so fierce and like armored and cool but like He's still a human inside. Like he's shaking mm-hmm. his head. Like he's like coughing a little bit. 
because he got punched in the gut by a giant yeah. alien monster, right? Like, uh, yeah, and I, I like that his armor, like, it's very resistant, like laser blasts and stuff. But like, he can still get beat. Like the the climax of the first season is him versus a Tie Fighter, and it's like the most exciting oh. thing I've ever seen. When he's flying right. around with a jetpack and just had right, and he's one bomb shot on it with the rope, like, and he's being drug around. Oh, it's and, so yeah. awesome. But it, yeah. compare it to any of the new any of the movies, it's like this. Like it's so small in comparison. But like you care so much about the character, and it's such a ridiculous situation for him to be in. That Your like cast isn't sixty people. Yeah, but like right. you, you know, you've gotten to know him so well. You know, he's just a guy. You know. Yeah, and it's it. It's an achievement in making us care about these characters uh, that are aliens, uh, that are that entirely droids. CG sometimes. Yeah. That are yeah, don't forget of... IG-11, man. Yeah, so IG-11 was great. I was sad when he was <laughs> when he bit it at the end. One of my favorite characters in Star Wars now. Yeah. He's uh, Taika Waititi, too. Has... I love that uh, Jason Sudeikis got death threats for punching the baby in the bag. Oh, yeah. 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 I love the stormtroopers in it. Like, yep. you can tell that they're kind of just... Const- like guys that are down on their luck that the empire just kind of threw in these dirty old costumes. They're like real people for the yeah. first time. <laughs> for the first time since like a new hope where they're like chit chatting with each other. Like, ah, oh, you know, I'll be our, whatever they say. Like, and they're talking about the new model speeder. Yeah. 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 But like I, I, but like, Oh, they're so like dirty. You can tell like the empire is like in dire straits because you know, they're out of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they're still like doing things and like, there's still a presence. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I uh, it's so it uses the universe in such a way like the show does fan service well like i remember i was a little off put in the first episode because it starts off and it's like people frozen in carbonite we're mentioning life day we're mentioning like it's a lot of it up front mm-hmm. but it kind of gets away from it a little bit even though like there's a little yoda as one of the main characters and it's a mandalorian you know? i think that it does a great job with that like and i don't think it's backed off of it because i was actually oh it definitely uh, hasn't backed off laughing it out loud. a crate monster in the first episode. yeah i was laughing out loud in the first episode at how many different things they threw at us i was like things i know but throw yeah right like because but, because but, but it, they but they service the story they're not just things you know right they're there because that was my big problem i had with rogue one you know it, it makes perfect sense that you know mando is on tatooine it makes per- because he's yeah. he's tracking down leads for other Mandalorians and the Jedi. Like he's trying to find both like where uh, the Mandalorians have gone and where he can bring uh, this child. And of course, mm-hmm. it would lead him there because Obi Wan was there because Boba Fett was there. So like when he sees the things that we all recognize, it's because there's a story that means that he should be there, not because it's there to show us the things we want. And it, yeah. so that's for me. That's why it works. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and like like you know they showed like the footage of the death second deaths are exploding, but like it makes sense that it would be major news. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think like I you know obviously Boba Fett's armor is in it, which I love that Timothy Oliphant can only ever play a sheriff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know I like that the armor doesn't fit him right. Like he's you know. Like as soon as you saw, saw him show up in it, and it's, I was like, "Oh, he's about to take off the helmet," and Mando's going to be like upset, and that's exactly what happened. Um, uh, I don't know. I just, I like I said, it, it services in such a way that enhances the story rather than like just take you out of it to remember things. Like I, 
the scene I hate the most in Stranger Things is when they stop dead in the tracks to tell new to like basically make a commercial for new Coke, just because it's a thing from the eighties like we heard of. I'm like oh, this is so dumb. You're about to fight a giant monster that like yeah, I drank like, new Coke, man. Yeah, like that stuff is horrible. <laughs> but like in Rogue One, like they keep kind of stopping the story to be like, it's the guys from the cantina. Remember Blue Milk. Right, Here's Darth Vader yeah, for that no did reason, not stop yeah. the movie for a second, though. They just I, walked I, by. They're like, holy shit. I hated that so much because they're not giving me anything new. They're just re- reminding me that I saw a better movie 100 years ago. Oh, man. Stop <laughs> rag. Like, don't, don't rag on Rogue One, man. That's like I my hate, movie. hate Rogue I One. I love Rogue One. I, um, I don't hate it. I think, I think it is fun. It is, I don't find it a particularly enjoyable movie to sit through. I, 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 I think it, it is, gets better. Yeah, I, I I have to disagree, but like I do think like there's so there's so a lot to like you. about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. do it. Once this pandemic's over, Leo, we're throwing down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll throw it through because we got to make sure that it's, we're all going to be safe and. Yeah. All right, we have to respect social distancing. We and yeah. right, 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 right. You can't yeah. get like a good. You can't get a good grapple. Well, you can't do it at the store because we have rules. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I really like the mall is dying. We should be able to do it in Caesars or in Sears. Yeah, (laughs) we don't have access to Sears. Um, (laughs) But no, again, I want to focus more on positive things, and I think the Mandalorian does it very well. Like uh, Leo and I were were talking before the the episode started. We started recording, and like the ice spiders in the most recent episode are very like from like Ralph McQuarrie art. And then you were saying it's in some other expanding. Yeah, it's in the Dark Saber novel. Yeah, I go back to Hoth. Like again, like the little bit of world building, like the X Wing patrols. They're essentially cops that pulled them over. Yeah, you know, like I thought that was they're just dicks. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, they were cops that pulled him over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They were cops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we super- third episode. Third episode of the Mandalorian this season. We'll see a cab on the outside of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, it makes sense that there's some things that like hyperspace would like destroy. Like, you know, eggs being like the way they are. I'm like, oh yeah. Even though they don't explain it at all. Like, we never think about it. But yeah, so like you that, don't that makes sense. Yeah. Details. Yeah. You don't, that's the thing, right? Like, and that's, that's what frustrates me so much about the newer movies. And so we don't need exposition and details for these things. We need the hint of them. But there needs to be some thought behind it as well. Like, yeah. you can tell that they, they, like, they built out a story and they gave, like, they, they established enough of a conceit to get the characters where they needed to be. They didn't just throw them into the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there was like, why is it like this? How do they get there? What are the reasons for them to be there? Uh, as opposed to say like, um, you know, something like in the last, or the, I almost called it the last Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> it is now, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> in, in Rise of Skywalker, like, what, why does Ray go back to Tatooine? Yeah, is none he, of those, like Leia and Luke, didn't want to go back there. They have horrible hated experiences. hated it there. there. Yeah. Leia was a slave. <laughs> it's, you know? so like, you didn't see it off screen. Like Luke willed her the house. It's like, yeah. there you go. <laughs> it's, again, it's just there for things, you know, but like talking about things showing up for a reason. So like it's established in the beginning of the Mandalorian that he hates droids and eventually discovered like his family was killed by battle droids from the prequels and stuff. And like a legitimately kind of scary scene because we're used to those things scene. being like jokes. Yeah, because to Jedi, right. they're nothing. 
Um, and they were used for slapstick and stuff. But like, they used the prequels in a really interesting way for the Mandalorian. That like, I actually appreciate. I like yeah. that Amy Sedaris has pet droids. Um, I, I like that. I like that the Marshall's speeder is a repurposed pod from a pod racer. I was like, yeah. that's really cool when I noticed that because I didn't yeah, notice again, it right away. You know, it's stuff. It's stuff that's in this show that is technically fan service that doesn't. It's a, they don't stop anything to show you. It's just yeah. part of the universe. It's just there. Yeah, yeah it's nobody, there because it would be. Yeah. yeah, nobody talks about them, but like they're there, but like you get it as a fan. <laughs> but like, you know, not knowing that the ice spiders were in the Darksaber saga, I was like, they're cool. But um, one of the things somebody pointed out online was the detail on the Boba Fett jetpack, that there's the damaged spot where Han Solo hit it in Return of the Jedi. I didn't um, even notice that. Oh. Yeah. I noticed that the rocket was different. He had a rocket in there, but it was not the same rocket that Boba Fett would have had. Right. Because he would have fired it and, and yeah. replaced it with something, whatever he could get. Yeah. Neat stuff, man. But, I didn't right, notice yeah. the, the backpack. I'll have to check. I didn't notice that either. I, I mean, obviously, it was way more damaged than last time we saw it, but it was eaten by a Sarlacc, and who knows how, how that ended up. Obviously, we know at the end of that episode that Boba Fett proper is are out and about because uh, he's I don't remember the actor's name, but it's the Django Fett guy since now Boba Fett's a clone of him. Tamora Morrison. Yes, I, I'm terrible with names. Um, but that was something that's disappointing is like you knew before this that like they announced the casting of like him and a lot of other characters. It's like, oh, that would have been a really big surprise if I didn't know he was going to actually show up. Because be honest with you, I might have been like, all right, maybe the thing spit out the armor and just digested him. I could... Well, I I could feasibly see that. I know there's been so much extended media where Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, but also, like, you know, he played Boba Fett, who is a clone. He also played Jango Fett and the clone troopers. So, like, there's... I, I, I do think it's got to be Boba Fett. You know, it makes the most sense for it to be Boba Fett, but, like... Oh, yeah, I didn't where think they about are. it being a clone, but... But just yeah. casting him doesn't necessarily give it away, right? I think they, I right. think they said he was cast as Boba Fett. I don't remember them saying it definitively. I just and they're, and they're, they're like, already talking about a Boba Fett spinoff. Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. it's Boba Fett. Of course yeah. it's Boba Fett. I'm because cool Disney that. can't keep a damn secret. Yeah. <laughs> I just saying like I don't think that's necessarily Disney's fault, but that's just with how the internet is. Like, yeah, I just, just it, that that happens. But they a want lot. you to know because it generates conversation, yeah. and you got to go see it. Because I know I've mentioned it. Toys. I mentioned it with the Marvel movies in two specific instances. If I didn't know Spider-Man was in Civil War and I didn't know Hulk was in Thor Ragnarok, those would have been two amazing surprises. And that would have been yeah. like, those would have been like, I am your father, like genre defining, at least major shared cultural touchstones for people that are into this that we would still be discussing now. You know, I will say that like, it would be cool if like, those things could have happened as a surprise, but we the fact that that they happened and that they were so well done and enjoyable. I oh think no, it's that's still cool, yeah. right? But like, you know, it's like oh, Mark Ruffalo went here onto the set of Thor Ragnarok. Sure, but <laughs> I still remember like sitting in the theater seeing Thor and being like, oh my god, 
it's Thor and the Hulk, and it's so good, right? I didn't like, see that until Netflix, though. So, or even like the first Avengers, right? Like you're just like just the fact that you're in the theater going, like, oh my god, yeah. oh the the but the Look Avengers, all yeah, on the screen at the same time. Oh, the <laughs> Avengers! I was so worried about them not being able to handle all those characters, and now in Endgame they had like what five million. But you yeah. know what I mean, like yeah. like we knew all of them would be there, but like it yeah. was still something to see. It but happen. when event, funny segue because when Avengers came out, like right after I saw it after free comic book day at the store <laughs> i went to cleveland and i was working at a place where they shot most of the sequences outside nice so i was like walking That's when awesome. we went to see avengers on a day off walked out into the square and i was like this is where they shot the theme sheet the scene in germany with captain america and loki <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome but it was wild yeah uh yeah but yeah i i yeah, I don't know. I, I think people are going to, for years, people are going to com- compare this new era of Star Wars to this era of Marvel, especially since they're both under the same umbrella now. Yeah. How can like how, how you can make, because say what you will about the Marvel movies, and I have a lot. I, I don't think any of them are really that bad. I think they're mostly okay, which makes them very forgettable to me. Incredible. At a certain point, they all start blending <laughs> together. I mean, I would say Captain Marvel's the worst one. Um, I didn't watch that yet. Is it, is it worth it? I don't think it is. Um, okay. But like, it's it's a lot of them are very to me are very samey. Yeah. Um, but like again, I'm not saying they're bad. And the fact that the ones that are really good are are really good, and also just it's just an achievement in in storytelling, just from a, a, a just from like a tactical sense of like planning and getting all the pieces in place to, to get them where they are um that like a logistics that's why i was the word i was trying to remember like the fact that we got to end game and it didn't collect because what was that like the better part of 20 movies at that point yeah like, and it didn't collapse in under itself and it wasn't like 28 i don't remember it's a lot <laughs> it's definitely in the, at least in the teens um Dick. But then we couldn't go three Star Wars movies telling like one complete story. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. You know, just think about like remember this is the good times because Avatar yeah. two, three, four, five, and six are all coming out. Uh, we'll <laughs> see if, I think those have a very real chance of flopping. I don't think people remember Avatar yeah, as fondly yeah. as I don't think people things. love that movie the same way. <laughs> yeah, I think the three D spectacle of it drove a lot of butts to the seats. Yeah, um, but I don't think that. I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was a C C plus movie, so I don't see the sequel factor. I think it was an interesting experience, but I've never ever had any desire to rewatch it. No, I saw it in theater. That was it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think Star Wars, for lack of a better term, might be going a little bit dormant now. I know Disney's been reeling back from the movies, and I don't want to say dormant's the wrong word, but like it's definitely like yeah. scaled back a little bit. Uh, um, next think- film is twenty twenty two. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see about. We'll I don't see. know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So they're still um, making movies, then, but yeah. yeah, I I think I think they had to suffer for a problem of trying to crank out a movie every year. The movies always felt a little underbaked. Ryan yeah. Johnson has a trilogy. I don't yeah, know. If that's, is that still a thing? I thought yeah, that was apparently off. Yeah, so not officially, they haven't canceled it. So right. yeah, but like so. they they've been burning through directors and stuff. Like J.J. Abrams wasn't supposed to make the third movie originally. No, um, no. But I'm like, it. you know, maybe yeah. getting away from movies that are part of the the core saga is the way to go because then yeah. you're not constricted. 
I, yes, I, please. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think we can get a couple other shows like The Mandalorian focusing on very different kinds of characters and maybe even different eras. Like, I would love a Knights of the Old Republic show. Um, or, 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 oh, no, they're doing the yeah. movie, right? Yeah, they're doing the Old Republic movies. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want that as a... See, like, I... I don't know, Mandalorian shoes, like, I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of like that delivery content form, like... Uh, oh, I hear format, you, but, you, you know, know, like, part of the reason Mandalorian got greenlit was we need somebody, something to hook them for the subscription service. Yeah, right. fortunately, right. Uh, we're kind of... And Muppets wasn't going to do it. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> that Muppets show's pretty bad. Um, I like it, though. I couldn't. All right, all right. Anyway, <laughs> I gotta save Muppets for when we have Greg on. All right, um, that's only fair. But yeah, th- this episode's getting a little long in the tooth, so we should probably uh, start wrapping it yeah, up. Yeah, Wes get... never joining us at this point. I guess. Yeah, right? I guess not. Um, but yeah, so uh, final thoughts on the state of Star Wars, uh, Leo? Why don't you start us off? Oh my God! Well, you know, being the long, the the longest tenured Star Wars fan here. Um, I got to say that, you know, I'm hopeful because I love Star Wars. I, like there's always going to be like, it might not be exactly what I want or the greatest thing, but there's always going to be that one thing they're going to, they're going to throw me the one little biscuit and that's all I need. I'm like, okay, I'm there for the next thing. It's like the last Star Wars movie, not the greatest one, but the Mandalorian's keeping me hanging on and I'll get excited. And then, you know, two, three years, we have a new movie and I'm invested again. I'm always going to go with it. John, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better, Leo. I feel the same way. I oh, that's good, because I felt like I was an inarticulate crap pile there. No, I yeah. think that was good. I Honestly, I, I, I think I'm hopeful because, you know, there are, like I said at the beginning of this, The Mandalorian, I, I adore this show. Like, and, and I don't want to be necessarily a fan of anything right now, because, like, I find that kind of exhausting, at this yeah. point in my life, yeah. man, I love this show so much. Like, I'm excited to watch it. I'm watching it. I'm invested. I go back. Like, we recently rewatched the last two episodes of the season one before the premiere, and I'm like, this show, damn, this show's good. You know, so I'm really hopeful that we'll get more of that. Uh, I I want to see more movies that explore the other parts of the universe. I want to see them give this to directors that are going to do something interesting with it. Um, I want them to let this be a sandbox that people play in, uh, much like they did with the novels. Uh, I think there's, there, it's hard for me to say that I'm a Star Wars fan, despite the fact that like 90% of my wardrobe has a Star Wars logo or image <laughs> on it. Uh, it's actually, this yeah, is I know what that features. feels like. <laughs> uh you know i have i still you know collect things i'm surrounded by star wars things my son is named luke obviously i joke i love the series i love the world and the universe and the memories i have from it nothing will ever re- replace how i feel about the original yeah and uh that'll always be there for me so you know if we get more things in the future that are good and enjoyable and worth sharing with my kids then that's awesome if not we have a lot of really amazing things. So, you know, I'm happy with, it's unfortunate the movies didn't live up to it, but uh, I like I like some of it and I'm excited to see what else they can do with it. It's you not know? like we hated the movies. No, I didn't <laughs> right. hate the movies. I was, I was angry with the third right. movie because it was... It's wasted potential of it. You it's know? so much wasted yeah. potential. Yeah. And, and it wasted everyone's time and money. And, and it just made me wonder why they did it. But anyway... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you guys got there's me good thinking. stuff. There's yeah. good stuff out there, right? You now. guys got me thinking then about about doing the movies. Maybe just don't do numbered episodes. Yeah, because I feel like the standalone films were better. Yeah, I like, we didn't even talk about Solo. I <laughs> a little at the beginning. Solo. Um, my joke with Solo was like, this might be the only one I don't see in theaters. Uh, and then you didn't. <laughs> I did, I didn't, and I, I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched Rise of Skywalker, but I had, did not sh- stay away from spoilers. I just kind of like ruined the movie. You know, I was just like, I was like, all right, I made the right call. I didn't really need to get super hyped up about this. Um, but like, I yeah, maybe that might be the way to go. Like you say, directors or, or storytellers that have something to say or do with this franchise, uh, I think is the way to do it. Um, yeah. And obviously they'll make money then if they're good movies and they say Star Wars, people will go see them. Yeah. Don't Take have to worry about the investment, you know? Um, and I'd like to see the park expand. I'd like there to be more than two attractions. I'd um, like to be able to go to the park again. Yeah, I, w- I was planning on going to Disney again this year because I went for the first time ever last year. And I, oh, yeah, you got I got go. to see a very small part of the Magic Kingdom, but that was really cool. I was okay. like, oh, next time I'm come down, I'm going to do Universal Studio or, yeah, the the Hollywood Studios Park, because that's where Star yeah, Wars and like the Muppets right. and other things are. And I just COVID hit. And even though it's open back up, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. It's going to be a while. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> um, Everybody I know in Florida got COVID just about. <laughs> well, the, the people I know in Florida did not. Yeah. So, I, long story short, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, it would be cool to see them expand that too. I know there's a hotel. Right, like uh, yeah. they're probably yeah. opening at some point, but like when we can, or you're go, on a star cruiser or something. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be all immersive. Like if you don't, you, you can do, you can do the whole vacation thing without leaving the Star Wars area. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think there's stuff to be excited for, and you know, maybe. Oh my God, come... we forgot the freaking Imperial troop carrier in Mandalorian, <laughs> like the one toy. I was like, we yes. never saw this. Yes. Yeah. Leo, I they have so many toys that they have worked into that show. I yeah. like I sit next to Jenna on the couch. And I'm like, that was a toy. The E-Web Cannon. E-Web Cannon was a toy. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's 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 uh it's fan service done right because I didn't even notice. It didn't uh, matter. But, yeah. But yes, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like other than E-Web the fact that, repeater, yeah. that's a yeah. toy you could buy. Yeah. But other than the fact that like the main characters are Mandalorian and a Yoda Force monster. Like they're references, but like they're not like unless they find out that that is explicitly Yoda, like reincarnated or something. But like, oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I think it's just a baby one of them. That Um, might just really ruin the series if you do that. (laughs) But you never know, uh, because maybe this goes on for ten seasons, they run out of ideas. I mean, they were stuck in the desert, and all they could do was film. Yeah, <laughs> during lockdown. <laughs> but, um, also, uh, in the most recent episode of Mandalorian, you know the scene when he's fixing the uh, the outside of the ship. Yeah. That thing he's holding was also just a random accessory from uh, a Kenner toy back in the day, like oh, one of those. Awesome. Well, we need a gun. We need okay. it to look a little different, and they designed. I gotta yeah, look so at like, it. All right, yeah. I missed that one. <laughs> I, I do want to go back, and I think when season two's done, I'm gonna go re- go go back and rewatch the whole series again. Because it's been a minute since I revisited even season one. I kind of wanted to in the lead up to the second season, but like, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, and you know, our work our work schedules are getting a little longer now that we're getting into the holidays. So, yeah. and now, I, and I do a podcast now, so I need to record and edit this and plan things. 
Um, even though it probably to the listener doesn't sound like we planned this at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the illusion of podcasting. That's the magic. Yeah. But, uh, you know. No, this is exciting because I'm like, oh, I've thought about doing a podcast. I'm like, no, that just seems like a lot of work. I'm like, wow, this is not at all what I thought. No, yeah, <laughs> especially do the work for you. Yeah, especially mine. Like, I want to. The whole reason we, I've said it on the podcast multiple times, the whole reason we're doing it is in lockdown. I was like, this was kind of a fun way to like see people and talk about stuff yeah. and kind of, kind of get my social interaction going. And I'm just, so I'm just doing it until it's not fun and, or starts making a lot of money somehow. I hear you. Uh, in, in which case then, yeah, I'll force it. There's no, but there's no shortage of things that I want to talk about and there's no shortage of people we want to talk to. Um, so I, I've been really enjoying it and, you know, we call I'm calling this one, the state of star Wars 2020. Um, maybe, you know, we'll come back and kind of reassess how star Wars is every once in a while. Um, and obviously if like something major comes out, maybe after Mandalorian two is done and we'll come back and just discuss that in a lot more in depth. Like we'll just do like a whole hour, hour and a half on that. Yeah. Um, there's never a shortage of star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, this is the first Star Wars episode we've done. I've already got three Star Trek ones. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll definitely have to start doing some more Star Wars ones. The we can do some out. deep dives. Oh, yeah. We can. Oh, there's tons of stuff we can do. We can go into the extended universe, the novels, yeah. all kinds of things. Um, I know we, I have another Star Wars one planned. I just, uh, it's a matter of putting it into the schedule. So the rest of the year is booked up because I have a couple of weeks. I've biked in a couple of weeks off just for the holidays uh, for Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas, so uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, I guess that'll, that'll do us for this episode. Thank you, uh, Leo. Thank you, Sean, for coming out and spending your evening with us. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. No, of course. I was looking for an excuse to have you on, and I was like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. I should just talk to Leo. <laughs> um, that'll make it easy. Yeah. And then, obviously, Sean, I had to bring you on as well. Uh, I love how you're like, do you want to talk about Star Wars? And I was like, I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I was like, hey, I think you might have opinions on Star Wars. Do you want to talk about them? Yes. Because uh, yes. I, I very clearly know we worked together for many years. Uh, and Star Wars movies were happening for some of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you didn't even get to talk about Dr. Afra. Yeah, Dr. Afra. Yeah, again, the uh, general Marvel comics recommendations, a thumbs up. I would say pick them up. Um, oh, yeah. We always keep, we keep at least the first few volumes for each in store. So if you're something you're interested in, um, you can easily come in and pick that up. Uh, you can visit us at levelupentertainment.com and our web store is shoplevelup.com. Um, so I'll do this for this episode. Thanks again to my guests. Uh, join us next time. We're going to be talking GameCube games. Uh, so until next week, stay safe out there. <laughs>